The Start On Demand. On demand. More people are slowly returning to work downtown. Have you started making more trips downtown? We'll speak to the head of downtown Winnipeg Biz. Premier Brian Pallister and federal conservative leader Andrew Scheer were spotted at Toronto's Pearson Airport not wearing masks where there is a mandatory mask rule. When will Winnipeg Transit Service be back at full capacity? And looked at Twitter this morning and saw that Coffee Crisp was trending. Why? That led to a conversation on what is your favorite chocolate treat? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside a vacationing Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Wednesday, July 8th podcast for The Start. McGarry and McNabb, Mackling back next week. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. Indeed, a rainy start to the morning has cleared out of at least Polo Park. Looking at the radar, looks like it's out of Winnipeg, but there is a band of rain that is stretching all the way across southern Manitoba right now. So maybe it's raining where you are. You can let us know at 204-780-6868. Did that rain make its way south of the city to McNabby Town? Yeah, and I would say it also had some thunderstorms with it. Not just rain, but at least I heard some thunder. I heard something in the middle of the night, and it was quite windy right up until about 20 minutes ago. You could hear the rain slapping against the windows uh, right where I'm sitting, Brett. So, yeah, it made it, which means the plants have already watered themselves. Oh, good. You don't even have to go outside and do that. Another (laughs) chore taken away by the weather. That is life hacking. Life hacking right there. Maybe the sound you heard overnight was uh, the sound of me falling off my couch because I fell asleep on my couch again. So, uh, yeah, I'm a little uh, little groggy today. So, <laughs> I always Whoops. know, I almost feel like I can tell when you've had those bad nights when I don't get some sort of, we don't get a, a group text from you at before 4 a.m. When you're up early and you're on it, there's like lots of chatter going on and I feel like my days, I can tell. And I, and I woke up and I was like, there's nothing from Brett. Bet that was a couch night. Bet you there was a couch night. Yeah, yeah. I did eventually make my way to bed, but uh, did not. I was watching some Netflix and fell asleep at I don't know what time. Woke up at 11 o'clock and thought, I guess I should go to bed. So here we are, Wednesday morning. And as you may know, listening to this program, we were set to move downtown to 201 Portage on March 23rd. And then COVID-19. So we held it. We held down here, hunkered down here, because this building is essentially a bunker where we're the only people who come in and come out. There's maybe 20 people who come in and out right now in the building. It's just me and Forte on the in the newsroom. Uh, Forte is in master control. I'm in the studio. Loren, you're working from home. But it sounds like, uh, based on what we're hearing from our colleagues at 201 Portage at Global Winnipeg, that signs of life are returning to downtown Winnipeg. Yeah, we were hearing yesterday that people are actually, you know, the, the elevators are filling up and there's the rules they've set in place say to keep a minimum number of people in the elevator. Well, you now have to follow them because there's enough people coming into the building that that makes sense to do. You might have had those rules in place for social distancing before, but there was no one around, Brett. And now they're finding, you know, you wait for the elevator to make sure you get up safely in terms of the COVID requirements. And then we uh, also are hearing that the that there's more cars in the street, more cars in the parking lot, that sort of thing. And so we want to ask the question throughout the day. And you can let us know at 780-6868 through text or phone call if you feel like it. What you're seeing in terms of returning to normal in your life, if you were sent home in March or April, 
What's your company's plan to bring you back? How's that looking? If you're already back at work or you stayed at work this entire time or you see more people come into your shops or your restaurants or whatever it is that you're employed. And if you're, you lost your job and we know that hit a lot of people, how are you finding that struggle to get back to work? Because there's so many different variables for so many of us, Brett. But we're going to take a look at the downtown today because that's always been a big focus for Winnipeg, keeping people downtown. And then COVID, of course, hit. And so the news had a conversation. Richard and Julie had a conversation with Frank Sherlock of Artist Street yesterday. He's the owner of 360 Main. And here's what he had to say about what they're noticing in their properties. We're seeing offices now, you know, ranging from about 10 to 30 percent nowhere near 100 percent and um, parking is still way down but the good news is is that we are seeing increased traffic in the uh, in the concourse system most of our retail storefronts are now open and our food court is open for takeout now and um, so we are seeing some life but uh, it's um, and not where it nowhere it's not back to normal yet in fact our uh, our offices are scheduled to be back in full uh, at full strength in September most of our administrative and uh, accounting people are are work the people that can work from home are still working from home and uh, but we're expecting them all back in September so that's the date they're eyeing there so they're some of those buildings you might see up to 30 percent back Brett, which still sounds really low. We got some parking numbers from the city yesterday. Uh, back in March, it went from 129,000 people using on-street parking or 129,000 spots used to uh, 30,000 the following month. And now we're back up at 90,000. So you're seeing that slow pickup. But it, uh, it, I'd like to know what people are thinking and feeling and what they've been told for their work. Yeah, and also let us know, like, if you work downtown, because they're talking about, you know, September is going to be the real test. If these two people per elevator restrictions are in play. Like, Loren, you worked downtown for many years on the 30th floor. Um, how many people would be in the elevator at a given time? I'm not sure what the actual capacity was. However, I think you could probably put, uh, I'd probably see as many as eight, nine, or 10, depending on the, the time of day, right? Like a lunch hour. If you're, if these rules stay in place for that 8.30, 8 a.m. rush hour, and then again, there's that rush at lunch to go eat for folks. And then again, at the end of the day, you might just want to take the stairs. That might be our new plan. Oh, my God. 30 flights of stairs. You oh, can do it. That's good. I mean, hey, good. it's good exercise, right? So that might be something to consider when we do eventually move downtown. So more on this throughout the morning here on 680 CJOB, including at 8.07. We're going to speak with the executive director of downtown Winnipeg Biz. Also on the subject of city stuff, uh, we're going to talk about transit service and still no full resumption. Yeah, the city announced yesterday how things are slowly coming back online for other areas. So, for example, some of the indoor pools, they're making plans to open those later this month. Libraries, of course, some of them are coming back online. But there's still lots of questions about transit. And this is an important one because if more people are slowly being sent to back sent back to work and transit is what they rely on, when is that? going to return to normal when is when is services they are going to return to normal so we got lots of questions about transit at 745 we'll speak to the union about their thoughts on on getting this back up and running because one of the questions they had and the city had the last time we spoke to them is about whether or not if they go back to normal where masks will fit into the equation and that's going to be another part of our conversation today brett masks and who is or isn't wearing them
Yeah, Brian Pallister, Andrew Shear spotted at Toronto's Pearson Airport not wearing masks. So we're going to have that conversation at 637. You've likely seen the pictures on social media. You can see one at cjob.com. There's one on the front page of the Winnipeg Free Press. I'm holding that in my hand right now. And uh, yeah, it looks like she- I can't even tell looking at this picture. I think Shear has a mask that's sort of like around his neck. And it uh, doesn't appear, at least at, from this angle, that Pallister has one on at all, but it could be just obstructed. He's got some headphones around his neck, uh, so I can't tell if there's a mask hiding under there. So we'll have a conversation. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, th- I th- thought I saw one hanging around his neck, and, and of course he's made some comments saying that you know he lifted his mask to, to join in the conversation and it won't happen again. I think they all had masks in and around them, just weren't wearing them. They were on their person, just not on their face. I open up Twitter this morning, Loren, and I see Coffee Crisp is trending. I'm like, what the hell? Why is Coffee Crisp trending? Well, it turns out yesterday was World Chocolate Day, so there's this debate raging as to whether or not Coffee Crisp is a satisfactory treat. So we're going to debate the merits of Coffee Crisp in our next segment and talk about our favorite chocolate treats, whether it's a chocolate bar, a chocolate cake, chocolate ice cream, whatever. And you can text us at 204-780-6868, your favorite chocolate treats, and weigh in on the Coffee Crisp debate, the great Coffee Crisp debate. Well, the thing about the Coffee Crisp, and I know we're going to chat about this in a few minutes, it's just if we talk about a chocolate treat, there's not a lot of chocolate in the crisp, is there? It's got that got super thin layer over the wafer. Yep. And then that's it. Yep, and it's funny so, because I hate coffee, and yet I like coffee crisp. So mm. I don't quite know what to make of that. And, but I've found over the years that my my taste for coffee crisp is waning. Like I actually am liking it less and less because the more I, whenever I have one, I always think, you know, this really does taste like coffee, and I just don't like coffee. So, or it could be because it's chocolate covered sawdust. Could be. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of that sawdust sort of <laughs> tendency, right? It just sort of crumples in your mouth. So, yeah, okay. Now, I, I, I maybe I, maybe I'm officially off the coffee crisp. Anyway, we'll get into that in our next segment. <laughs> I'm just segment. saying that to arrange all the coffee crisp lovers out there. I, I, I have found myself eating that far too many times, especially at Halloween. So. Here we are. That's right. The Halloween. It's always one of the staples in the Halloween uh, treat box. So we'll have that conversation in our next segment, but feel free to get those texts started at 204-780-6868. So as Jeff Braun was saying in Global News at 630, and as we discussed earlier, and I'm looking at the uh, front page of the Winnipeg Free Press right now and front and center, there's Manitoba Premier Brian Pallister on the left, chatting with federal conservative leader Andrew Scheer on the right at Pearson Airport in Toronto. Neither of them are wearing masks. And of course, they are under fire because the airport has a, had a mandatory face mask rule since June 1st. Yeah, that's been in place for quite some time now. And in that photo, and, and you can see this at cgob.com or globalnews.ca, uh, the no masks photos there as well. And it started with a Twitter post from someone who was in Toronto's airport uh, yesterday. And it, all around these two, everyone else in this photo appears to be wearing a mask. And so it's not like you wouldn't walk in and not see that masks were the norm. You might not know they're mandatory, but it seems like everybody around them uh, is obviously wearing them. And so there's questions about what was going on there. The response from uh, Brian Pallister's team in this situation was that uh, basically 
he had taken it off to have a conversation and that he's sorry uh, about not having it on and it basically won't happen again. The actual quote was, I lifted my mask to join some friends in conversation at the Toronto airport this afternoon. It was an error on my part. It won't happen again. That's from Premier Brian Pallister's office. And then Andrew Shear, of course, his team had a slightly different response. Apparently, he had removed the mask to make a phone call and then, quote, according to his team, the picture must have been taken before he put it back on. So two different responses there, just uh, that he had used it. I don't know if you need to remove the mask to speak to anyone, but we're having this conversation this morning because masks, particularly outside of Manitoba, Brett, are increasingly being mandated in indoor spaces in places like Toronto and Montreal, all sorts of conversations about where they should be worn on transit buses and all the rest. And so I'd like to know what listeners think about leaders not abiding by the rules, about their statements as why they didn't. And then, have you been wearing a mask lately? Because I know I've only wear, worn them when I'm when I'm told to. Yeah, same here. I only wear a mask if I have to. Like I, I had to go pick up some contact lenses, for example, a couple of months ago, and I wasn't able to enter the shop without a mask. They actually supplied me with a mask. And I know for a lot of Manitobans, it's probably weird when you look at the numbers, right? Like when you see numbers in Florida, I think they had over 7,000 new cases yesterday and Texas had a record with over 10,000 new cases. And Ontario, I think has 36,000 total cases, 18 or 16,000 of those are in Toronto. And then back in Manitoba, we have 325 cases and we, we haven't had a new case for a week. So the idea of mandating a mask might be odd, but in a situation like Toronto, where, you know, as mentioned, they've got uh, thousands of cases and they've got this mandatory mask rule in the airport, I don't see why they had to pull their masks down for, for any reason, whether it's a conversation or, uh, or to make a phone call. And especially when you consider that uh, some people are questioning whether or not he should go into self-isolation, having come back from Toronto, talking about the Premier here. But he has an exemption from that because he's the Premier. Hmm. Lots, you know, that's fascinating because obviously he has to run, do the business of running the province and we do have to have some exemptions in place. We have exemptions for truck drivers, for example, when they go from different parts of this country because they're also considered essential. And we need them to continue moving and can't be self-isolating every time they cross a different border. And so uh, putting that aside, I do think if we're going to uh, ask people to follow the rules, then we have to start that has to start from the top so if you're in toronto and that's the rule in toronto and you're a leader of a province then you have to you have to put the mask on and you have to wear it whether you like it or not we had a listener text in this morning brett that said he was actually in pearson airport last night don saying that he was in pearson and only half the people were wearing masks so there's also questions about how you would even enforce something like this if it becomes mandatory in certain public spaces whose job is it to then go around and make sure People are doing it. Uh, but either way, you have to set the example. And so I've thought of that often about, you know, when you go in somewhere, if there's a rule in place as a parent or as a member of the media or a political leader, if there's a rule, you gotta you gotta follow it because you're you're meant to be setting the example. And you, there's a great point as far as a parent is concerned. I mean, how many times have your kids said to you, "Well, you know, you I saw you do it, right?" Yeah. I used to Absolutely. do that all the time to my parents, to which I would usually be met with do as I say, not as I do. But still. Yeah, I, I like to throw out, I'm the adult here and this is my home. <laughs> but that being said, you know, that we're, we're, we're here to make examples and to set the right example, right? And so I think there's big questions about just going forward, masks 
in general, because that conversation has circled back through Manitoba a number of times. And, and again, at 745, we're going to speak to the transit union about their desire to get back to full service, right? And some of the questions in and around going back to full services. Okay. Well, if we go back to more buses and more people on the buses, what will the rules be? And in other cities for transit, yes, they've had higher number of cases in Toronto and, and in Quebec, but the transit question has included now mandatory masks. And that, that's part of the equation in those jurisdictions. And so there's questions about how that potentially could come into play here. McGarry and McNabb. Mackling is back next week. Wake up this morning, open up Twitter. I see that Coffee Crisp is trending in Canada. So I ask, why is Coffee Crisp trending? Because this happens all the time. Just the most random things catch fire on Twitter. So I look and I see that yesterday was World Chocolate Day. And there's this huge debate raging on as to whether or not Coffee Crisp is good. So we wanted to have a conversation first about whether or not you like Coffee Crisp. And second, what are your favorite chocolate treats? So let's go around the horn here. Why don't we start with you, Jeff Forte, master producer and master control. Coffee Crisp, yay or nay? Yay! I like it. Yeah? It's delicious. It's crunchy. It's it's delicious. Have you tried this, uh, the the Blizzard, one of our listeners is texting about? No, I'm not a big ice cream guy. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah. How about this tip? Another listener saying that it's meant to be dipped and uh, this this uh, ties into what you were saying, Loren, about it being dry like sawdust. And they say it's dry because it's meant to be dipped in your coffee. Uh, that's why it's dry, so it, it soaks mm-hmm. up the coffee great, but not too hot coffee or you lose all the chocolate. Uh, so have you tried that, Forte? No, but I want to. And Loren, is that something you'd try? I could be up for that. Yeah? I bet you I have one, an old one upstairs in some sort of <laughs> hidden part of the pantry. I'm going to go look for that in the break. I will bet money I can find a coffee crisp and let you know in about 10 minutes. Okay. What about you, Kelly Moore? Coffee crisp, yay or nay? Uh, coffee crisp, definitely yay. And also, give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. <laughs> there it well is. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Braun, coffee crisp. Oh, I love it. Uh, I am a lover of dry foods in general, so I won't be dipping it. I just, I'll just, I just love to have it dry and let it fill my, the corners of my mouth up on the roof of my mouth and just sit there for hours at a time. Okay, hang on a second. A lover of dry foods in general. So, like, what other kind of food? I just had you? three pieces of, I just had three pieces of toast with nothing on it. Nothing on the toast? Come on, you got to get some peanut butter on there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a little bit of extra work, so... No butter? I just ate the toast. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I do, but today I didn't. Nuke a coffee crisp and spread that on it. <laughs> just nuke a coffee crisp. Okay, so... and That's a good idea. Okay, so it seems like coffee crisp in general is... A, although, Loren, did we determine, are you yay or nay on coffee crisp? I'm meh, meh, meh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll eat one. If you put one in front of me right now, I would have it and I'd probably enjoy it, but I definitely like other treats. I mean, Kelly mentioned Kit Kat. That's probably my go-to chocolate bar uh, when it comes to ice cream. Uh, if I'm just eating ice cream, I, it's gotta be chocolate. You know, you walk into a, an ice cream shop with like 30 flavors. Just give me the regular chocolate, man. I don't need anything fancy, but I do go Oreo blizzard, but that's not really chocolatey. Although now that I think of it, Oreo cookies have like this chocolatey fudge covered 
Oreo. And those things are like, they are so dangerous because they're so good. I once bought a, a bag thinking, oh, I just want to try this. And I inhaled the entire bag in like five minutes. And then I think I had to take a nap about two minutes later because of the sugar crash. But that is very good. What other kind of chocolatey treats do you like, Loren? Uh, I like a crispy crunch. I think that is delightful. Yes. Uh, depending on my mood, I like a Rolo, which is weird, but you can just take one. You can, you can, the reason why I like it is I pretend like I'm not going to have the whole thing. You can just take one piece at a time mm. and slowly unwrap it. And of course, like five <laughs> minutes later, it's all gone. But when I buy it, I'm like, oh, this will last me a couple days. I'll have a couple pieces a day. And? So, yes. Does no, it? don't be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I mean, I guess I shouldn't be crazy. I'm the one that's coming up with this strategy. But no, I, I like I like caramel. I don't know. I like I, I, it has to be chocolate. I don't like anything with too many other ingredients, like chocolate and one other thing. Okay, uh, Don weighing in Reese peanut butter cups. That Rob. was mine. Yeah, oh, the so Reese good. peanut butter cup. How about score? Anybody? Forty eighty like score? Oh, score. What is a score again? It's like I, a, I, know, I know I've had it. Just, yeah, it's kind of the thin bar. I think the wrapping is black. Uh, Kelly, you like you said you mentioned Kit Kat. Do you like any? Like, okay, how about this? M and M's or Smarties, Kelly? Oh, Smarties all the way. M&Ms. When you eat your Smarties, do you eat the red ones last? I don't eat the Smarties you suck at them all. Very slowly. What? Kelly's like an encyclopedia of chocolate bar jingles. Or chew them very fast. <laughs> <laughs> good lord man good job that's great i forgot about that entire i remember the red one last but i forgot yeah. the rest of the lyrics uh, okay what do you think about the smarties since because the, they changed the flavoring years ago they took out the uh the the artificial flavoring and now it's supposed to be natural i hate them now yeah i i have to admit i'm not really a big chocolate bar eater per se i love the commercials but uh uh so it's been a while since i had the smarties so i'm disappointed to hear that hitman that uh that they strayed away from what was a winning combination. Hey, we have a listener, Kelly, who says, Coffee crisp on toast? I'm going to try that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, but i uh, tell you, you know what my go-to is? And very quickly, when the kids, uh, when the girls were young enough and they went trick-or-treating, there was one rule in the house. Dad got all the Glossette raisins. Oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> Those are the worst. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> You don't like the Glossette raisin? I don't. Raisins just make me angry. Oh, you know, McNabb, there's a reason why you and I are just water and fire. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Glossette. (laughs) Um, So, Jeff, you like like Crispy Crunch. You like Coffee Crisp. I'm trying to think of other dry chocolate bars. Uh, uh, Would Score be one of them? You know what my favorite is? Score is one of them, except the Score bar is too thin and... uh, the Mennonite comes out in me and is like, that's not really worth the money to get a high I do often go for an O. Henry just because it's bigger. But my favorite chocolate treat, in keeping with the dry theme, is chocolate-covered pretzels. No. Oh, okay. That's interesting. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't with any of these snacks. They're all so bad. You just have a date to call it a day. Oh. Bad. I, I remember when I was a kid, uh, I think me and my brother did this a few times, where we took peanut butter and the Nesquik chocolate syrup and just mixed it together and ate it. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh my God. Wow, I guess that's a makeshift oh. Reese. 
McGarry and McNabb, Mackling back next week. Tim with an important text at 204-780-6868. Tim says, don't forget about turtles, where we're talking about your favorite chocolate treats. And indeed, Tim, I do always forget about turtles, and I do enjoy them. They're, they're a little too chewy for me at times, that they get, kind of get stuck in your teeth, but the flavor of turtles is delightful. Do you like turtles, Loren? I do. The challenge in our household, as I've said in the past a bit, is because we have a, one of our sons has a nut allergy. There are so many treats like that that just don't even cross our doors and to the point where I don't eat them at all anymore just because I don't want to be consuming anything that has a nut. Mm -hmm. And then once you take something out of your life, you wouldn't be surprised how often you're like, like I probably hadn't had a turtle in 15 years. And then once the nut allergy came into our home, you're like, Oh, no more turtles. And then you're like, why do I care? I hardly ever eat that thing. But it's like, you know, when someone tells you, you can't have something the same way you are with chips and you pass them in the aisle and stand there staring at them lovingly. It's the same feeling. Now on the subject of chocolate, of course, you can't have a conversation about chocolate without talking about Morton's of Winnipeg chocolate. But here's an interesting one at uh, 204-780-6868. And I want to specifically gauge your reaction on this. Um, Liz says, well, I do like me all kinds of chocolate goodies, but I have to say Morton's chocolate coated jujubes hits the top of my list. Ooh, see, I like chocolate and I love jujubes. I have never had them. I, have you? I have not, uh, partly, probably because I actually don't like the jujube. Uh, but <sighs> I would be willing to try it. I mean, hey, sometimes you, you put things together and suddenly it's a, well, obviously it's going to be a different experience, but maybe it will, the chocolate will add something to the jujube that would make it more enjoyable. I don't know. I didn't know that was even a thing. So I'm that, intrigued. We hide jujubes. That's what we hide. Uh, uh, sorry, we will have them around at different holidays, and I like it when I find them kind of stale in the cupboard. I like like a chewy, chewy jujube, kind of old. Also, uh, if you ever go to food fair, they often have treats from out of country, like from Europe. I think they actually have a section of treats that are from Europe, and the, it's just a whole bunch of chocolate bars and stuff that you've never, maybe never heard of, or maybe you have family from over there and you've had stuff in years gone by, like Galaxy Minstrels. Have you ever heard of those? No. It's like it? it's like an M&M or a Smartie, but they're, the discs are a little bit bigger, and I would argue that they're even better than both of them. Uh, you don't get quite as many, and, and the packages are a little small, but they're super tasty. So anytime I go to food fair, I always uh, scour the store to see if they have them, because I don't know if all the food fairs have those kind of international treat sections, but I know that a couple of them do for sure. Uh, so I always get some minstrels. And uh, Toblerone as well, that's another one where I really like the taste, but that that nougat stuff kind of gets stuck in my teeth and I always end up having it. It takes like five minutes to eat the Toblerone and then 10 minutes to clean the teeth. Did they mention, did we mention Eat More? One of our listeners bringing up Eat More. I didn't even think that was still around. I wish it wasn't still around. I'm (laughs) sorry. I I apologize to this listener. You are allowed to like whatever you want, but Eat More, (laughs) I want to eat none of it. I can't stand that chocolate bar. It's disgusting. So (laughs) there you go. That's the one that I hate the most. Eat more. Gross. It's like eating. I, I, it's like, I picture it's like eating tar. Feels healthy, though. Get out and of you here. Can conv- you convince yourself that you're like, something might be good in here. No. Because I don't know what's in here. I don't know what I'm eating. So maybe it includes something good. There's nothing good about eat more. <laughs> I'm going to say one word here, Loren, and see how you react. 
Claude Hoppers. Do you remember mm. those? Yeah. Those? I loved those. Did you not like them? I'm wondering if I'm confusing. I now have to look it up. My reaction is no, but am I confusing the Claude Hopper with the Maltese? Oh, could be. The Claude Hopper, it was like, uh, it was just like this. They're made by Winnipeggers, by the way, Winnipeg Company, and they're they're just like these delicious chunks of goodness. And they later came back with a new candy uh, called OMG, and mm. that also is good, uh, similar to the Claude Hopper. But yeah, those were among my favorites. And the, I, I picked the worst day to not bring food to work, okay? Because I am starving, and I'm going. The first thing I'm going to do when I leave work is go. I think I'm going to go buy a bag of OMGs <laughs> if that's still a thing, and keep those texts coming at two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Actually, when I was just outside a moment ago, I bumped into one of our neighbors from the third floor. As she walks by, she says, great, thanks. Uh, Now I just want to eat chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) And and just so I'm clear, I am confusing. The OMGs, I did like the Clodhoppers. It's the Maltese, those weird balls. I don't even know what's in those chocolate balls. They had that weird... Is it sponge toffee? Spun, thank you. Thank oh you, Jeff. God. Yes. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't sound great. But hey, you, we're getting a lot of great chocolate suggestions at 204-780-6868, and I'm going to do the worst thing I can do after work. I'm going to go shopping on an empty stomach, and I suspect I'm going to go home with like fifty dollars worth of chocolate. We're going to we said we we're going to talk about this at seven forty five, but we're going to switch gears and talk about it right now. Transit, the city of Winnipeg, says it will be recalling nearly two hundred city employees temporarily laid off as a result of COVID nineteen, as provincial health officials announced a seventh straight day with no cases yesterday. So we know some libraries already opened weeks ago, Brett, and now there are plans to partially reopen the remaining libraries that have been closed. Two indoor pools are also going to open with the goal to reopen Cindy Clausen Pool and Pan Am Pool with limited access as of July 20th. So those services are slowly coming back to normal, but or at least a new normal, but there's no plans for transit. No date for when full service will resume on our city buses. And that's because city officials say ridership is still at just 50 to 60 percent. But drivers, they want that service ramped back up right now. James Van Gerwen is the executive vice president of the Amalgamated Transit Union and joins us now. Good morning, James. Good morning. So we have dates for other services slowly coming back online. Have you been given any indication, any date to which we might see transit back at operating at 100 percent and recalling some of those temporarily laid off workers? Uh, no, not at all. Um, they're they're still tight-lipped on letting us know any information on on regarding our drivers. It's 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 kind of getting ridiculous now, in my opinion. What's the holdup? I have no idea. You know what? We're 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 seeing the increase of passengers right now. Like even yesterday, I got a I got a report from a driver on the on the blue line. Um, he was, his trips were totaling 68 people. The second trip was 61 people. And the last trip he did was 80 people. Um, so where he's getting with these numbers, I have no idea. Um, they still refuse to share any information with us either. So, so you're having, what you're saying is you're having drivers that are telling you that they are operating close to capacity or what percentage are they giving you James? Oh, like, as I say, like, we're dealing, like, this one report I have, and he's saying he has trips, and he's he's carrying 34 to 41 people. Um, his last trip at 5.30 in the afternoon had 55 passengers on it. Um, so th- there is a massive increase. You know, I'm getting phone calls from the public um, demanding full service and asking why we're doing it. And I have to tell him, I says, I have no idea. Call the city on this one. 
Um, the assaults are going up with our drivers. I've had three assault calls in the last um, three days. Um, it's it's crazy. Our our retirements are going up. It's the drivers are having enough of this as well. Like they can't, they're not getting any help from transit whatsoever. What are the assaults being attributed to? You just mentioned that they're up. Can you quantify that at all for us, James? And in terms of is this assaults over social distancing concerns, fares? What's the issue? You know what? A lot of it. A lot of it is. I have a feeling the passengers are just starting to get aggravated as well. The buses aren't coming on time. I'm have. I have people who can't get to work on time in the morning because the Saturday service is for a Saturday service. It's not for a weekday service. So they're having to report to work 45 minutes late every day because there is not a bus that will get there on time. Um, The regular weekday service will get them there, but a Saturday service doesn't. The city is opening up right now, and you know what? Everything else is opening up except for the bus service. Like, And this is how people need to get to work. Not everybody has $400 for parking downtown or able to take an Uber. You know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous how, they, how they, they don't even want to start having um, the ability for people to get back to work when they're having the city opening up like this. You mentioned numbers in the 40, 50, 60, even 80 range in terms of numbers of passengers. What's capacity on the bus? Like how many people does a transit bus hold? Well, <laughs> if you have them stacked up, Shoulder to shoulder with actually zero social distancing, you're looking at about 60 to 70 people. Um, And there is buses out there that I'm getting totals that are at that. So the social distancing is virtually at zero at some points in the morning. Um, You know, and and that's something that shouldn't have been acceptable up to this point of the game. And I honestly don't see why they continue to not not have social distancing on the bus. Everywhere else does, except for a transit bus. Where has that conversation gone when that's been flagged, James? Because we were told by the mayor's office last month when we asked this transit question that that in some cases they're waiting for directive from the province. And here's what the statement from the office said back then. It said, quote, the city has been following the recommendations of the public health experts at the province since they are the level of government responsible for health. The city has been pushing for an answer from the province on masks for some time, but we have not yet received a recommendation from the province. And so uh, some of the buck, you know, passing the buck, so to speak, might be happening. What's your response to this? When you ask questions about a social distancing guidelines or even that mask question, what are you being told? Um, you know what? We're being told that the transit buses are exempt from the provincial guidelines. So they're using that as an excuse to, to, to pack them to capacity. Um, you know what? We, using the provincial guidelines, like as I say, when the province says that they're exempt to that, they're using that. And they're using that as an excuse for everything um, to load the buses up. Um, we've told them that we would work with them to try and help get a a modified weekday service. You know, we're not in disagreement that the buses are a little bit down. 50% at this point of the game, (laughs) I would like to see their numbers. Um, But having the weekday service is required. You know what? Being exempt from it, why is COVID exempt from a transit bus? You know what? Patios can only have X amount of people. But a bus, you can have 70 on it. Like, why don't people host parties now on a, on a transit bus because you can have 70 people. Are passengers wearing masks? Um, some are, some aren't. Like, you know, I, I wish everybody would, but you know what? In this 
not everybody has a mask. Not everybody can afford to pay the five bucks a piece for those uh, those disposable masks and things like that. Um, and enforcing it would be literally hard to do. <laughs> do your drivers wear masks, James? Yeah, our drivers are wearing masks, but honestly, um, when you're wearing a mask, some of them, when you're wearing a mask, they your glasses fog up and you really don't want to be driving a vehicle with your glasses fogging up. Those masks are, um, you know, they're loose. They're not fitting masks, so they're not like an N95 mask where they're actually fitted masks where the, everything's there and you're breathing out through it, not up top through your um, through your glasses. And um, you know what? It's very hot out there, and you know what? Having having you sit in a seat, if, especially if it's not an air conditioning bus, it's it's something. So we recommend all our drivers to wear the mask. But sometimes it's not safe, as I say, with the non-fitting masks blowing up, uh, fogging up their glasses. It could be <laughs> well, that becomes a hazard. And is there ever a, ever been times where drivers have maybe tried to or asked to to refuse? some passengers uh, just out of fear uh, during this pandemic or is it that does that create maybe fear of potential assault oh yeah like and like you know what we don't instruct our drivers to try and enforce any mask wearing whatsoever because that's that will lead to an assault um so honestly no like i i i don't want our drivers to do that at all it's it's not their job to try and um, police the bus system. It should be the bylaw officers that do that. All right. Thank you very much for your time. We've got obviously more questions and it's been a lot of back and forth, I think, pretty much since this has begun when it comes to transit. So thanks for your time, James yeah. Van Gorwin, Executive VP of the Amalgamated Transit Union. Thanks, James. Thank you. Bye-bye. 746 on 680 CJOB. And if you take the bus, uh, maybe just let us know what your experience has been over the past few weeks at 204-780-6868. Uh, are, you, are you comfortable getting on a bus? I know for me, Loren, I, I haven't really thought about it because I rarely take the bus. I haven't needed to take a bus. If I were to get on a bus, uh, the idea of getting on a crammed bus, I think would be, I don't know that I would be con- like uh, concerned for my health, but it would certainly be weird because it's been so long since I've been in a situation where I've been shoulder to shoulder. The only time I've been shoulder to shoulder with anybody is in a golf cart, and that's out in the open. Otherwise, it's keep your distance kind of stuff, whether it's the grocery store, walking down the street. So the idea of standing cramped in on a bus, uh, that I think would just be downright freaky and weird at this point. So. Yeah, and, and the question, and we've been asking this for months now, if the service doesn't resume to full, will the people come? Or do the people need the service to go back to normal for them to get on the bus? Or, or, or are you just sort of caught in that middle, right? Cart before the horse, so to speak. And so we've been talking a lot about that slow return to normal. Transit's a big part of the equation for thousands of Winnipeggers. And that difference between being cramped inside versus outside you mentioned shoulder to shoulder on the golf cart well you're in the open air and there's different directives on whether you're outside versus inside too and so i don't know i don't know where this goes next but it would be nice to have a date to see when a return to normal on transit would resume and it certainly ties into our conversation about downtown this morning as you mentioned not everybody can afford to pay hundreds of dollars to park downtown i know when i worked downtown i would rarely drive i would almost always take the bus because it was just too expensive to park i couldn't justify that expense when you could when all the buses roll right through downtown
More cars on the road, more people in the offices. You've been hearing in the news with Jeff Braun how office towers like the one at 360 Main are seeing more people coming to work with the owners of that building. Telling Global News the companies they work with are bringing back between 10 to 30 percent of their workforces. Yeah, and on the streets, we have new numbers from the city this morning that there are also more cars coming downtown, or at least more cars parking. So just for context, in a normal year, approximately 200,000 on-street parking transactions are counted in any given month in the downtown. So normally, 200,000 cars, for example. At the start of the pandemic in March, that dropped to 129,000 on-street spots used, and then in April, down to 32,000 on-street parking transactions. But in June, that number moved back up to 90,000. So we're still a long ways away from normal, but we are seeing that slow uptick to that pre-pandemic demand. Kate Fenske is the executive director of the Downtown Biz and joins us now to share more on what she's seeing. Good morning, Kate. Good morning, Lauren. Thanks for taking the time for being with us. You are right in the heart of the downtown. Your office is right on Portage Avenue. Where we are we at as far as you're concerned with the percentage of return or that slow return to people being downtown? Just like you mentioned, it really has been a slow, phased-in approach, uh, but we are definitely seeing more activity downtown, especially in the last couple of weeks, where it's interesting because it's kind of opposite what would normally happen in the summer. You know, June would be really busy, everybody would be closing things off, and then downtown gets kind of quiet through the summer. So we do programming and things like that for the workers that are still around, um, And but we're actually seeing more activity than we have in the last two months. So right now, you know, we, we are checking in with our downtown businesses regularly and we've got about I would say two-thirds to three-quarters of the way um, are already opened Uh, so they've reopened either fully or partially reopened um, as high as maybe 84 percent of businesses and that's about 1100 businesses operating downtown so that's really great news Um, and really we're looking at what the numbers are uh, for cases in Manitoba they are very low so people are feeling I think um, still cautious and want to take that safe approach and there are still concerns that businesses really want to make sure they're doing what they need to be doing to make sure their customers are safe and also their staff. And in terms of, you know, looking at um, office space, we brought together a number of the large employers downtown, so the Crown Corporations and and the big buildings. And it it was, I think, a really great conversation because everyone understood that we're all in this together. And so how can we work together to bring people back safely? And it's definitely a challenge. People have created new habits. Some people are loving working at home. I've heard from others that, that I can't wait to get back in the office and back into some sort of routine. So that's what we're trying to do at the Downtown Biz is really provide some of those things. So our fitness in the park started again. Um, and it, we've had really good numbers for that. Uh, even with this crazy heat right now, people are out working with um, uh, over the lunch hour. And we just started our Downtown Sounds concert series. So small scale, uh, physically distanced events are some of the things that we're trying to do for those people that are coming back downtown. What are some of the other questions that employers and employees might have about the return to work and what it would should, should look like uh, particularly as it pertains to physical distancing guidelines. Yeah, and I think Frank mentioned it earlier this morning, you know, one of the biggest challenges are the elevators. 
So when you look at if you can only have two to four people in an elevator and you're trying to get hundreds of people up, you know, 20 plus floors, that's going to take time. So in our conversations with large employers, we were sharing leading practices, looking at how do you move that that many people to ensure physical distancing. And it is making sure that the hand sanitizer is available and that, you know, those close interactions are really, really limited. So um, some employers are recommending face masks, you know, in shared spaces, um, and then you can take it off when you get to, to your office. And others are looking at staggered approaches. So staggered start times, that's another great solution that, that some are looking at. Lots of things to consider as, as we look to get more people back to work, Kate. And it's encouraging to hear you mention that 85% of businesses in the downtown are reopened at some capacity. But I know that people have been hard hit. We've heard it repeatedly over the past few months. We have Ottawa updating its fiscal uh, books this morning and how much this pandemic has cost. And so even with all the different programs that have been put in place, there have been some businesses that might not be able to reopen or have already closed their doors for good. Do you have any numbers for that for downtown businesses that have just said, um, we, we just can't do it. We've shut our doors. Yeah, unfortunately, there have been a couple, but I would say, you know, you can count them on one hand out of 1,100 businesses downtown right now. So the majority are feeling quite optimistic and there are some um, that decided to close their doors permanently. I think one of the things that I'm hopeful about, you know, when we surveyed members back in April um, and looking at the optimism of, you know, if things don't change, how long do you think you could Stay open, um, you know, and only 19% of businesses downtown felt they would survive past a year if things hadn't changed. That number in June, uh, when we surveyed our members again, jumped to 65%. So that is a huge jump just in terms of, op- of optimism. I think where the real challenge is going to come in, you know, downtown businesses are used to having a bit of a slower summer. Um, But they do need that support right now for those local independent businesses to manage through the summer. If we don't see those numbers come back in the fall for the downtown workers, that really is their primary customer base. Um, It's going to be a challenge. So I think, you know, when we look at how what kind of downtown do we want when we come out of this pandemic, it is something that is vibrant. Um, And you want those shops and those restaurants and those activities and and the arts and the culture. And we want all of that still to be there um, come fall. So I'm optimistic. You know, we have heard from a lot of employers that they're looking at a phased-in approach and really bringing more workers come September, October, which is ahead of what I'm hearing in some other cities in Canada. So I think we're in good shape, but it's definitely now more than ever is a really important time to support local and especially downtown businesses that are having some increased challenges. Kate Defensky with Downtown Winnipeg Biz joining us live on 680 CJOB. Thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. Thank you. Have a great day. Right now, we want to tempt you to call 204-780-6868 to win a large two-topping pizza from Santa Lucia. Call us now at 204-780-6868 for your chance to win. And, Loren, on the subject of food, we've been talking all morning as well about your favorite chocolatey treats, triggered by a conversation that Coffee Crisp was trending on Twitter because yesterday was World Chocolate Day. Yeah, and that's prompted listeners like Mike to text in and say, you guys are killing me right now. I so want a chocolate bar. Stop it. (laughs) So I have a good laugh at that because we've been joking since about 6 a.m. that that had our stomachs rumbling 
Brett, but lots of people weighed in on this. I didn't realize this was such a, uh, I'm not surprised it's divisive, but I also had me surprised about how many of the chocolate bars I've forgotten about. And it makes me laugh how so many of our listeners like Karen, just in case we aren't getting what they're saying, like to attach an image mm-hmm. of their favorite chocolate bar, you know, the Wonder Bar. I love this one. You know, the Wonder Bar. <laughs> and then a- <laughs> And a photo again of it. So yeah, some good stuff. Uh, and, a, and a few more things on Eat More, the chocolate bar that both you and I just don't get. And it appears to be a favorite by far more people than I expected. Well, and here's the thing with Eat More. I mean, it's been around as long as I can remember. A chocolate bar like that does not survive the test of time if it isn't beloved by many. So I personally hate it. I personally find it disgusting. But hey, you have an Eat More, I'll have a Kit Kat, and we both win. So thank you so much for the te- through all the texts at 204-780-6868. Gary says, I always get Eat More and chocolate almond. Don't forget about the Big Turk. In this heat, they melt, though. Uh, so I put it in the fridge and uh, Big Turk also gives you a jujube covered with chocolate. So that's interesting. All right. For Santa Lucia Pizza, here's the question at 204-780-6868. 25% of married people say if they won the lottery big, they would do this. What is it? Hi, Marie. Do you know the answer? I was going to guess and say, oh, buy a car. no. That's a good one, but uh, no, that's not it. But thanks, Marie. Yeah, I, I always think if I if I win the lottery, would I would I go out and like would I be extravagant or would I just get myself a, a nice practical automobile like a, like a Honda Accord or something? I don't know. I don't know if I need a fancy car. Would you get a fan, super fancy car, Loren? No, I'd wreck it too quickly. <laughs> just straight out, I'd wreck it. No, I don't. I don't need. I I don't. I don't think I deserve to have nice things. But I also. I I have a real hard time with vehicles. I like them to be practical. I like the heat to work. I like the air conditioning to work. Uh, that's about. That's my basic. I like the basic. Jordan, twenty-five percent of married people say if they won the lottery big, they would do this. What is it? Uh, good morning, and I would say they would travel. No. Also a great guest, though. Yeah, on the lottery big, there's there's really nowhere you couldn't go. Uh, great guest, Jordan. Thank you so much for playing. Yeah, I would love to take a just a trip around the world, just take a year off from life and go travel. Marilyn, do yep. you know the answer? Share with family. Share with family. Also wonderful. Generosity, yes, for sure. Not it. That's not the answer, uh, but that is great. That's another thing I think about, Lorena. If I won the lottery... Uh, how many, like, how would I divvy it up between my friends and family? I want to make sure, like, if I won the lottery big, I would be sure to share some of it with pretty much everybody we work with here. Uh, I say pretty much, maybe really? not. Yeah. Like just what a little, talk- like a what little bit. What are we talking bit. about, McGarry? Not like, like what a percentage. Huge, well, it depends on how big the jackpot is, but not yeah. not a ton, but like a, I don't know, a couple of thousand dollars Oof. a person. You're really opening yourself up there. What about the people who you don't give it to? What if I find out there's a tiered system? Like Greg gets twelve hundred and I got eight hundred. Oh. <laughs> you've ranked us, and Fortune gets like two grand. I mean, it just that's right. Well, <laughs> I, you know, I think it's safe to say that those closest to me here would would get a, a bit more. But yeah, I think you got to share. I, th- it would be tiered. I really have put a lot of thought into this. So there'd be a handful of people in the newsroom who would get a bigger chunk, and then everybody on the in the radio side would get the the same amount, and then I'd probably give a bit less to the TV side. Not because I value them less, just because I you know I barely I don't know half of them, but I'd still want to share. Wow, we're just on a full ranking system yeah, happening here. Right. I got to go snooping through your drawers. I feel like this is written down somewhere, and I'm going to finally <laughs> figure out the lay of the land. <laughs> if Brett wins fifty million dollars, how much is Gabrielle Marchand going to get at global? news morning. Sharon, do you know the answer? 
take the whole family out to dinner. No. That's oh. an expensive dinner, I hope. <laughs> would, it, would everything be covered, color, like gold-covered steak and chocolate? Oh, you betcha. Okay. No, that's not it, but that's a great guess. Lisa, do you know the answer? I'm going to be practical and say pay off their mortgages. No, but I'll say, hey, of course, yeah. And that's actually Greg's big thing. He would, If he won big, he would pay off his mortgage and his friend's mortgages, at least like some of his, and his family's mortgages, yeah. Because, uh, uh, God, if you, didn't have, if you could not have a mortgage, that opens so much up for your life. Leanne, do you know the answer? Hi. Um, get divorced? Leanne, can you say that again, please? Get divorced? 25% of married people say if they won the lottery big, they would get a divorce. You are correct. <laughs> That's mean. <laughs> but you thought of it. Is that something no, you... Is right that, away, too. Oh, <laughs> is, is, is that something you've considered, Leanne, putting you on no, the spot? No, I, no, I don't. It's just a person to get my mind. <laughs> well, hey, yeah, you're correct. Leanne, you are absolutely correct. 25% of people say they would get a divorce. Uh, I'm going to put you on hold. Just going to get your details off the air, okay? Okay. All right. Stand by, Leanne. I'm going to put you on hold. Loren, are you surprised by that answer? It's not the first thing I thought of, but then it's better than who is the listener that texted in to say, hire a hitman? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa, we have gone dark this morning. So I suppose a divorce is slightly better than hiring a hitman. And then the other thing is with this, if you win the lottery and 25% say they would immediately get a divorce, then you lose half the money. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So what do you, so let's say, okay. You get a Cayman's account. You you, you win the lottery. You funnel it over to a Cayman's account. You start squirreling things away, you buy a boat, and you sail. You set sail. And you just get out of Dodge. <laughs> it can't be found. You'll never get a lick of this lottery winning. Yeah, that's funny. So I guess that means that there are that 25, does that mean 25% of married people are just unhappy but are staying in it because out of sheer convenience or that it would be too expensive I guess. to get the divorce? Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's, that's a, a sad, sad state. statement. Yeah, I guess that's probably how it works out for a lot of relationships. Uh, Mark, Mark says the hitman is cheaper, LOL. <laughs> Mark, you're killing me. Or is it me that you want to kill? I'm not so sure. Oh, and Kristen was right on. She had guessed the divorce as well. Oh, we had a bunch of people here. Arthur knew that it would be get a divorce. And he in, he says kind of like paying for yesterday's marriage slash divorce insurance. That was Arthur's suggestion yesterday. Uh, so there you go. Santa Lucia pizza up for grabs. And don't forget, still a chance to win another Santa Lucia pizza on our 680 CJOB Instagram. You have to be following us on Instagram to win. So if you're not following us there, make sure you follow us. Check out our story. There's still a couple hours yet for you to screenshot that and then post it to your own account. And we have another pizza to give away tomorrow on 680 CJOB right here on The Start. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.